We have returned. We are back. It is Bailey and Harper after dark again. This is because this has become a thing. This is just what we got, Kyle. It's a great you tradition. got a child now, so you know the hustle of everyday parenting and trying to work and You're grind doing in between. You're daycare. You're figuring out a way to put four kids to bed all at once. I mean, it's it's impressive, man. Like I'm I'm actually appreciative of you putting that on Instagram because watching that in action shows me that it can be done. It so can you. happen, man. But my wife was big help today, man. Especially she helped do the plates before dinner. Like yep. She put them down to bed while yep. I was trying yep. to put soul down. It was a whole process. It was they're way better than today. we are. It was, it was great teamwork. Yep. No, they're, they're better at this than we are. Shout out to the moms. No there. doubt. Shout out to the moms. I'm stoked. I want to start there. We got stories and such, but uh, we are here. We're watching the replay of Panthers and Colts as we talk tonight, and I'm glad we are. We'll get there. Uh, I'm calling a high school football game in 48 hours. Going are you ex- excited, baby? I'm fired up for you. Hold it's on. What, it's how what, I got have into we, have, we, have we talked about what episode we're on? Did we even say that yet? Yes. But no, we, we have to do that. You are correct. Thank, Thank you, you, Kyle. Although let's we let's really, not get ahead of ourselves, It's actually brother. fitting that we didn't because, as you and I both discussed, not a great number. Uh, this episode is, 38. It's hard to find a great 38. Yeah. I mean, when you Google best players to wear 38, it's Kurt Schilling. That's what you get. And uh, you Kwame had a, Brown popped up. Kwame Brown popped up. Uh, you know, it's funny. Not really. Funny. I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm, I, it's not my Kwame Brown. I'm not going Kwame. Okay, fine. But Kwame Brown came up. That's a decent one, right? Mm-hmm. That's a decent one. Uh, and then that's, that's it. It's not a great number. So I was hoping for more, but it's not one of those numbers. So you were right to bring that up. You also had a, a friend, right? Uh, mine, that, so my 38, because uh, we always suggest first who's we out there. Right. My, my best 38 is my boy, my college teammate, my classmate, Anthony, cornerback Anthony Madison. Actually played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played in the league for like seven years. Won a Super Bowl with them, uh, with the Steelers. It's impressive. Yes. Most of, he was a special teams guy, fourth DB. Love. Anyways, our freshman year we come in, you don't get to pick your jersey. You know what I mean? Like, they just give you whatever number that they want to give you. So, when we show up, he had 38. I had, they just gave me 41. I didn't even want 41. I hated the number. I thought it was big. I wanted, like, my low number was, like, in high school was 15. So, I wanted something closer to that. But it had, they gave me 41. I didn't like it. But anyways, that's, it's a good number. that's not about me. Yeah. It's a good number. 38. Oh, my gosh. It's way better than 38. 38 is terrible. It's big. The three is big and the eight is big. And my boy was, like, 5'9". It's like a But it looks number. so big on here. It's like it a fullback like, number. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big number, all right? <laughs> and it does not look good on a little player. Dude, no. we used to joke on him literally all the time. He looked like, you know, one of the, the little kids with an oversized helmet and his jersey. Like, it makes everything look bigger on you. You know, that's not something I ever really paid attention to when I was growing <laughs> up. Like, sometimes it looked out of place, but I didn't think that much about it. But the other night I was watching. Uh, 76, that's a big number. It is. Who were the uh, the, the Cardinals were playing somebody in the preseason? Either way, Rondell Moore was about to play. And I, Rondell Moore is an exciting he player. He's very electrifying. But he's wearing 85, I think, right? And so I get on Twitter while I'm watching the game, and all of a sudden I just see that he's kind of trending, and I, I click on it. It's just all dudes ragging on him for wearing 85. Like, oh, my God, it's the worst number of all time. 85 is a terrible receiver number. And it was just funny. I never thought that much about it. But uh, Is it that bad? Some good players that wore 85. No, I'm not bagging on it. But, like, I saw a bunch of other people bagging on it. It's just it's because they're used to seeing Rondell Moore in a single digit, and he's a little guy. Yeah. And 85 can be a bigger number for a wide receiver, especially now that you see wide receivers in the teens and things of that nature. He gets a lot of Steve Smith Look, man, the number can make the player. The oh, number yeah. makes the look. It, you you can't just roll out there and just be a number 76, bro. You're going to get lost real oh, quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're Absolutely. 76, you got a ball, all right? It's certain things. Oh, you got to play offensive line. 77 is like, a good number, too. 
was 77. It's proven. It's a tackle number. I know. You it's know what I'm number. saying? It's a good number. It's a good number. That's all I'm saying. It's a good. It's a strong yes. number. And even in basketball, you've seen good 77s. You know what I mean? So do you, are you one of these guys? We're getting way off topic, but I love Sorry. it. Sorry. No, it's fine. I love it. Do, are, so are you one of these <laughs> dudes about who these hates the new numbers uh, rule so, in the NFL? So I've been watching it. I don't really like it. Especially like – Is it that you don't like it or you're just not used to it? I'm trying to I, – I, I'm not loving it. Yeah. I'm not one of these people that are going to get up here and say how much I hate it. I, I'm not used I, to I it. I get it, though. I yeah, get but it. I do not like it because I thought, to me, that was like the one separated we had, especially with some of our DBs and skill players um, in the NFL. It was like, man, like, you understand who balls because it ain't but so many numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's like the teens and, like, the, the single digits. I'm just not all the way with it, but, I mean – I'll get used to it. I'll still sense. watch it. It's sense. not like I'm not going to watch football because of that. It makes sense to me. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, not a great number. I, I do, though, well, I'm, I'm excited to call this high school football game on Thursday night. That's what I'm I started very, with yes. before the thing. I'm excited for it, too. That also, though, makes me think of, since we're talking about numbers, because he was a great high school football player, Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. He was in the news today, cut by Jacksonville. Today right. is the first cut day. Um He's your guy. He's your colleague, SEC Network. Uh, yes. I, but you, you know what this business is like, and I'm sure Tim was probably realistic about what his odds were to make the roster eight years out of the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it ended kind of quick. So I mean, think? look, I, I like what you said, you know, I like Tim. I root for Tim personally more than anything else. He's a great human being. I know everybody knows that. You don't have to hide that. No. But I also know that how hard is a football. And, dude, I said since day one how much of an uphill battle he was in. When trying to do something he's never done before, oh, yeah. uh, you know, coach did him a favor, let him get back out there, try some things. And, you know, it doesn't matter when you got 90 guys on a roster. I mean, the cut down was to 85 and you keep it moving. Tim Tebow was in the, the lower tier of that roster. And that's part of the business. All right. I'm happy coach gave him a chance to go back out there. And I'm already moving he on. Got to the next to take a, he got to take a swing at it. Yeah. He got his chance. The, you yeah. know, Shot Khan got to sell I mean, some he, jerseys. I've never seen a tight end that's 6'3". Sure. In the league. Right. Shad Khan got to sell some jerseys. Urban Meyer got to do his buddy a solid. Like, yeah. I mean, they got, like it was a win for the most part around the board. Yeah. I, and he's from Jacksonville. It was like the whole nine. And again, like, I, I never thought it was going to happen. You know, I, but I never thought he would succeed at all in baseball. And he, you know, went a little further than I thought he did. And he deserves credit for that. Yes. But like, the one thing I don't really get. I, and I heard Stephen A. Smith talking about it this morning is, you know, railing on the privilege that Tim Tebow has that other people don't have, and that you know, basically, the uh, implication being that uh, he's the he's it's a he's a beneficiary of, of privilege. Yeah. You know? And I don't know how that sits so, with you, but like so, to me, that just comes with being a successful person. Yes, the opportunities come with it. Like, does that make sense? Or my my yes, that's how and you see it. So, I think he's coming at from purely a black and white thing, not a Tim Tebow thing. Right. Sure. I think he's going strictly at color with this versus like this would never happen for a black person versus this happens for white people. And that's what Stephen A. said. This I, th- morning. I think that's where he's I want. This is going strictly to the color cow. This has nothing to do with Tebow. You have to divorce him completely out of the situation because everybody respects what Tebow is and what he's been able to accomplish. And, uh, and you know, he's going to have a movement and a following no matter what he does. Sure. Right. So. I think that is what Stephen A. was really getting at, and I'm just going to leave it at that. That's my opinion on what I heard him talk about. Oh, sure. No, I get uh, that. What he and Max were saying about the privilege part of it. But I would also say, push back in this, life ain't fair. Right, right. And that's how I see it, And so, you know, 
I can't sit up here and tell my kids that every day and then try and get on TV and act like it's not or that it is. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm glad I'm glad that we can talk about those things and understand what they are, because that is a privilege to be able to do that. Sure. All right. And also, um, you know, um, I, the young kid from Auburn, the quarterback, um, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Yeah, I heard him say this at the media days. I never really heard anybody say this. He said, man, pressure is a privilege. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I like so, that, yeah. And I was like, dang, I never thought about that because he has pressure at him right now at Auburn. And I was like, that's a great that's a great word right there. Yep. And then, so with having this privilege, it is pressure to perform. And when you don't perform, you're going to be gone, you know? So that's what happened with Tim as well. So it just wrapping it all up to say it's life, that life is not fair, all right? Stephen A. hit right at the color of it, which is black and white, and really separating those two, like, hey, this is what it is, calling a, a spade a spade. And then, you know, Tim just was not good enough to Tim make Tebow it and play is, Tebow, Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow is a brand, and he knows that, but everybody knows that. Tim Tebow is a brand. and But I, I only say Completely. that to say he's when – you, like, when you transcend to that level that you are a brand in a way that's, I think, discernible from kind of everybody else who's famous for playing sports, but – is you know not a brand necessarily he is and on top of that football is built on relationships right look how many sons of coaches are coaching look how many brothers of coaches are coaching right. like it's a fraternity those guys rely on each other they know each other you know no it's doubt. that way in a lot of businesses and so this really isn't all that different in that it's a relationship that's been established and you know a guy who is arguably the greatest college quarterback of all time and you know a guy who can sell tickets and sell jerseys and people like and he's got a following like this this makes a lot of business sense but from a football standpoint probably never was going to happen so i just want to see what you thought about that yeah man it was very recent i mean it it's not shocking i mean i think the inevitable happened he's good at tv too though so it's not like he doesn't have a future in tv i mean i would love to see him i mean he's probably i mean he might even end up back on the show with me later on he might just just i have no idea might just happen look man I just worry about me and trying to do the best of my ability and make sure I'm going to be ready for my moment. Since we're talking about TV, can we talk about my suit game on TV? I'm really ready for this, Kyle. Am I I upholding the standard? Dude, you got to be fresh all the time. I'm with it, man. Like, Kyle, I just just don't be, you know, boring to the vest, white guy suit. Like, you can be better than that. I, I aspire to try and push everybody outside of their comfort zone Mix it up a little bit. To mix it up. You know what I mean? Like Push that, the envelope. That's Because that's sometimes first people, people's first impression of you. Like, they might have the TV on mute, but, like, if they see you, they're like, oh, man, well, who's that in- guy in it? He looks slick. You know what I mean? It's just. Well it's, put together. Right. That's all it is. It's just well to You don't have to have a slick suit or blah. Just. Well put together, have some thought about what you're wearing and also some thought about the words that are coming out of your mouth. So I uh, anchored you. You know, like uh, they said, you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Like, please write that down. Can we come back to that movie, please? Because that movie, I, we got to come back to that. But somebody texted me in the show last week and they had watched me the night before on Charlotte Sports Live because I was anchoring yes. again. CSL, guy, shout and out. The, and 11 the dude, o'clock. The dude was like, he was kind of surprised, Easter. I think. The guy that texted, he was almost surprised by it. He goes, yeah, man, you, you actually did a really good job last night. You got some drip. You got a little swagger to you. And I was like, what did you just, really? Nice. Thanks. Kyle's because on the radio you come off as very country sometimes that's fine this very strong draw yeah of virginia i mean yeah i get you know it I, mean? I get it like I, I don't yeah i get it i don't the sound mountainside like, yeah, i don't sound like tom brokaw you know but, like i get it but, but <laughs> it was just funny he's like you got some drip and i was like really awesome that's good and I, I told my wife I was like check out what this guy just said yeah I, was, I, I felt good about myself oh my gosh man it's but no the suit was good she approved she picks it out so i'm uh, giving this tv thing a run you know just i mean a little bit on the side not much oh. else oh hey look man 
Keep it going, Kyle. Either way, man, I'm happy for you, man. I would love to call a game with you. Um, you want to call a game? I would love to call a game. So you're going to come out. See, this is the thing. You, you, so I'm doing this, calling the game Thursday night. I can't do it Thursday. My, I don't, it's fine. Myers Park and Huff. But you've been checking out Myers Park football a little bit. Is that right? Yes, I have. So I've you have some intel bit. to offer me for this game. Just a little bit. I'm going back to my roots here. I got but I haven't into... seen them practice practice, though. Like, it's so weird. Like, I haven't seen them tackle. Well, not really. I want to see how they perform in the game. I want to see how they perform in the game. Yeah. I would love to watch this game. Yeah. But I think I got a dinner that night. What time does the game kick off? Uh, we got the game uh, 8 o'clock. It's a doubleheader. It's the Charlotte kickoff event. So it's uh, Where South... are they playing? Uh, Memorial Stadium. So it's the South Mech, South Mech and Charlotte Catholic in the first game at six, and then I got Myers Park and Huff at, at, at eight. So nice. uh, yeah, I wonder if you got Haven't any players. This. What's that? You got any players? Uh, no, I mean, I, th- look, this just came together last minute. So uh, I'm like hardcore prepping tomorrow night. I love it, Kyle. It's, it's good, man. It's really good I'm for making, you. Just I, get I'm, out there. I'm making my play-by-play boards, dude. I'm going back to my roots here, man. Nice That's exciting. play-by-play board. Yeah, that is yeah, big. You got to have everything up there, up there man. Got to get the board ready. Stuff. See, I agree. if you're going to do it, do it right. You better. So um, I got to do it right. So when, so when you do, what was the biggest adjustment for you doing TV? Was it you know having the IFB in and somebody talking in your ear, or what was it? No, that Looking really right doesn't camera. bother me because, like, the, the best ones, they only tell you, like, when it's about time to go. You and that, know? You're right. Is it look, finding the right camera? Looking so, at the right camera? Well, no, yes and no. See, like, that's what but gets also, me you, can, you don't have to worry about the camera sometimes. It's better just to all of a sudden talk. And then if I really want to, like, hit home on something, like, like man, let me tell you, America, <laughs> all right? That's when you find the camera. <laughs> then you go back, you know? Like, if you want to hammer something, other than that, it's, it can be very conversational. And then just let the kind of cameras flow and – you know, if you see the light on, yeah. you know what I mean? You'll occasionally look over a little bit, but it's yeah, it's more just like I'm talking. Because then oh, you want to talk to them, too. But you also want to talk to the person that you're with. Oh, Sorry, I've got to wait you're good. No, I've, I've watched some Mike. of the first show I did because I haven't done TV in years because I've, right. I've been doing radio for so long. I it's love so radio. cool, Kyle. I, I love seeing you on there, man. It's it, fun. It's good. Man, you look good, man. You just And look, you got a great voice. Thank you. you but a, I looked like a crackhead in the first the first time I did it because I couldn't find the right camera at first. You, my eyes were darting all over. They the place. probably told you stop worried about the camera. No, well, did Audi they tell laughing. you that? Well, no, because like the Audi was laughing at me right in my ear. <laughs> so the producers in my ear kind of like, like he's giving me hell the whole time. And you know we got the floor, Audi's so funny in the ear, right, I love working. We got the, we got the floor him. director out here who I've never worked with, right? And so I don't know what he's doing. Like I'm trying to find the right camera. Like it went well, but I, there's a couple times I'm like my eyes are darting off, like I'm just you know waiting to be jumped or something. So no, it's fun, Audi though. brings the juice though for the shows though. He does. He brings the juice it's, it's a lot it's, of fun it's a lot of he has the hockey lingo he he, he gets it going you know? oh yeah we did a segment like the second or third show i did we did a segment on a uh, a roaring riot beer from one of the local breweries yeah yeah and it was a quick hit the, the roaring riot's really big with that so show. he brings out like four cans of this beer to sit him on the desk out in the studio and we're coming back from the segment we're supposed to you know i guess hold him up maybe even cheers like reflexively i reach out as he put and i crack the damn thing like i'm getting ready to drink it and he just looks at me just stunned as we're getting ready to come back from a commercial break. He's like, did you just crack the beer? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, my bad. And, he's like, right. and I was like, so I shouldn't drink it on there? He's like, well, you just opened it. You may as well now. Hey, TV's man. fun. Yeah, man, TV. I mean, it's, it's live. Yeah, That's it's the fun. thing. It's, it's like, a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it, it's, it's live. And, you know, I've had drinks on camera before. You just got to be careful. You don't want to overindulge because you want to still kind of stay yeah. to the point. But. I mean, you're not going to be the, the, the first one or the last one to drink on, on TV that's or true. pop a that's drink. That's very, very so. true. That's, it's an, yeah, it's, it's it's an industry full of that. There's yes, no question it about it. <laughs> um, t- since you brought it up, rush hour. You, you hit on the rush hour thing a couple of minutes mm-hmm. ago. So I was 
I don't know what I so I think it was you maybe I was on Twitter possibly Twitter maybe I was on Twitter and mm-hmm. I saw so they were like bringing back clips it might have been the anniversary of the movie and everybody was chiming in and the cool thing was it was just people from all over the world different backgrounds different ethnicities different I mean different everything the most diverse Twitter group I've seen all agreeing on one thing and forever and that was how hilarious that movie was so good and how badly people would be offended by it today <laughs> <laughs> I mean the things would that, they? the things that Chris Tucker and uh oh i'm drawing a blank jackie chan say to each other in that movie are so i mean it, obviously it was funny and like but it's so for me kyle i i don't think it's racist if it's true you know what i mean <laughs> like they were hitting on some true facts right there bro it was true it was the, it was so funny like when you watch it again it's pure I, comedy it's the funniest thing especially it's like, pure it, comedy it's bro the, and, I, you and know they they're, they're probably so much going off the cuff like because they said Chris Tucker would, like, go off and Jackie Chan would be like, that's not, like, you know, Chris is going off and Jackie's right. trying to go on the script. And, and there's Chris bound is- to be somebody <laughs> out there listening to this podcast right now who hears me say this and think, you know, what a Neanderthal or whatever. What I don't care. That movie is so funny and it's offensive in all the right ways. And, like, those, the Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan were incredible in that first movie. They were they just were. the best. And you know they what? The, the sequels after that weren't as good as the first, but they were really good, too. They were just... Sometimes it's so hard to repeat it. Like, you just, no matter... Even all the Fridays. Like, I'm not going to say the other Fridays were not that not good. Right. You know what I mean? But the first one is so hard to repeat because it, it's just something about being the first or the most purest that did... They worked together so good. Yes. Um, yes. It was awesome. It, but the, it just was so funny because I was late night surfing Twitter and it was like everybody from all different backgrounds who probably disagreed on 90% of all the other shit all coming together and be like, this is the funniest fucking movie we've ever seen. You know, they, it's so offensive that it's hilarious. And everybody, it's like a cathartic thing in this yes. day and age where everybody is just so wound tight and looking for a reason to be pissed off to just watch that and be like, that, that happened, that's out there. It's, it's okay to relate to people in a way that uh, isn't always kosher. Hey, man, it's on it's, HBO Max right now. So I know. I it's just awesome. watched it. I, it, it is it's awesome. It's one of the movies that just popped up. So it's it, in motion. It's cool. It is the I'm, best. I'm all about all the streaming stuff. And, Kyle, I've, I've started to, like, get into it. I'm, like, I'm kind of with it. See, but, but I love when you say stuff like this because – I'm not a technology guy. I know that. This. And you also – like, when you told me on Friday – got to talk about this. When you told me on Friday – that you had, A, been to the Chris Stapleton concert the night before, which I knew, <laughs> which I knew. But then, B, that you had never heard of Chris Stapleton before. <laughs> I, I was so stunned that I didn't know how to respond. So I kind of, like, just let it go. I mean, like, dude, how did you not – did you enjoy the concert? It was awesome. He's so talented. He's incredible. I love great music. Yes, um, he's incredible. And he's an awesome musician. And his wife um, was up there with him. He does sing with his wife. His wife and him seem like they have the type of relationship that maybe me and my wife would have if we were like, if I was like a famous singer on the road and she was with me. Cause like, he sings like he's like singing in love with her. She's just looking, I'm like, yeah, okay. You know? Oh, yeah. She, she's incredibly talented. She's really good too, man. But so, it's a great combination. And I had never heard this guy. I literally landed from New Orleans. Um, I was coming back from down there. And then my wife was like i forgot to tell you like i signed up to go to this concert I, we bought you know we bought some tickets they, they asked with some friends of ours stephanie and them. be honest did you really want to go I, I was like i'm not gonna turn it down like i like okay. hanging out with my All wife right. so I was, I was like what about a babysitter like i already got it taken care of i'm like uh okay like i'm not gonna like argue with like just going out and hanging out party. with my wife it's cool all right cool and then you stumbled onto one of my top three favorite artists and of we all were time. right there in the pits we were real close it was cool man um 
he's he, he he's a very talented guy. He is he puts all of the country radio nonsense to shame. Um, he is so yeah. I didn't even feel like I was at a country. He's not a country. Is yes, he? he is absolutely. But the, the the funny thing about it, yes. So him Sturgill. Uh, but you see me say that though. I'm like, dude, he doesn't come off as like this country, like country. But what you he's don't like know a really is, good. Performer. What you don't know is before, he's a better writer. Before though, he right? became Chris Stapleton, he was writing. Well, right. But before that, Chris Stapleton was the lead singer and the lead man, the front man for the Steel Drivers, which is my all time favorite bluegrass band. Uh-huh. And on top of that, he did another side project called the Johnson Brothers, which is like heavy southern rock. So you know him since like day one. Oh, dude, Chris. Stapleton is my jam. Has been for a long time. This dude, he when he became a writer, he he wrote. I mean, so many hits for people like Jason Aldean and Kenny yeah, Chesney. That's what, that's what my boy said. That's how he and people like, explained him to me. Right, and people, I, I guess, eventually told him like, "Hey, you need to start doing your own, singing your own songs." <laughs> and he did. And his Traveler album, which was his first, I think, like full length album, was like triple, quadruple platinum or whatever. I mean, he's he the, started here. It was like his first time, like when he when he first went on tour, like in 2012, he came here. But he was opening act for some other bigger headline. At oh the time. yeah, well that's the thing. It didn't take him long to, right. for people to realize. Oh, he actually has talent. That place was packed. Kyle. And like I've been to Jason. Kyle, Al- that place was packed. I know that. I was there. That we went to his concert at PNC where you were the day after we got married three years ago, and it was packed then. <laughs> and that, it's packed everywhere he goes because that's how incredible he is. Did you see the the uh, the the um, what am I trying to say? What he did with Justin Timberlake at the the Country Music Awards about six years ago, five six years ago. Kyle, of course I didn't. Bro. It's the single best <laughs> live performance at an award show I've ever seen. Him and Justin Timberlake have combined to do some incredible music. So he's he's absolutely country. Roots are in bluegrass. But the thing is, I don't really listen to Pandora anymore. But like when I did listen to a lot of Pandora, and if you do now, and you still you put in Chris Stapleton, you will get some John Legend, and you will get some Otis Redding, and you will get some Ed, like Ed Sheeran. Like he's got that soul to his music. He does. He does. That connects it with those artists. It's it's pretty awesome. One of uh, I had a couple uh, songs that I liked of his. Um, one of them was talking about one of them. He was talking about uh, smoking some weed and doing some other oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, doing some other stuff. He's got about three or four songs about smoking weed. He's got yeah, the, yeah, them yeah. stems, made his, might as well get high. Uh, he's got a couple of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about a few different things, man. It's very interesting. Uh, when you actually really just get to, like, listen to the words of what's come out of his main mouth. Because for me, I could hear all the other stuff, but I don't know any of it. So I was really paying attention to the things that he was singing. And on. I, I really that, enjoyed it. His vocal range is up right, there right, with right. anybody. It's, it's kind of raspy. It's really good. He, I think he's... I was very impressed with Chris oh, Stapleton. His vocal I became a fan. We actually jammed to him, uh, Chris Stapleton music the whole time once we left. Oh, dude, well. it's fan- oh, I, I've got so many things I could turn you on to. That you and I love. just got me a couple new Tiger Woods hats. I was getting ready Woods. to bring that up because okay. last when we were going to do this podcast a few days ago, you were smoked from playing golf, and I totally get that. But I saw your Instagram story, and I then it, so- it hit me as soon as I saw you teeing off in the same hat that I have on except white. I saw that, and I flashed back to you picking up your camera when I wasn't looking and taking a picture of my head so you could take a picture of the hat. And I, I figured then that you found it. And I, I want to buy, like, three more of these things because they're the most comfortable hats of all time. Well, now you can actually buy some Tiger Woods gear in the stores. For a few years, it was really hard to find, like, Tiger Woods gear. Oh, yeah. Like, this is the most comfortable hat. I wear it all the time. It's the most comfortable man, hat Man, I, I played in it. It's, it's, I mean, first of all, it's great because it's Tiger oh, yeah. Woods. And then the fit is awesome, though. So It's incredible. It is. It is. It's really light, too. And they're they're not that expensive. Um, I didn't get the the one from the tournament like you did, but 
Oh, that yeah. That one's coming. No, the quail hollow thing. This is, uh, I like this one too because it's got the Q, the quail yeah, uh, hollow symbol on it. So it, it's fun because sometimes out in public for the last couple of months. Well, if you know, you know. Well, I'll get some, some stares from people that uh, I think want to talk about QAnon. And they think I got a Q on the side of my hat for that. And I'll, tur I'll turn, they'll see, I think they see the Nike Don't sign. Don't let them take over, Kyle. Dude, please. I'm telling you, I've, I've got some looks from some dudes. And I'm like, nah, bro, not, not that Q. It's not that Q. We don't have to talk about that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you jumped on me when I walked in the door. You're like, what about this Afga Afghanistan thing? Nope, not tonight. Not, okay. Not, uh, and then as soon as you say, I'm like, cool. It, Thank you. It's been a heavy couple of weeks for everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on that. We just, got another, we just got another mask mandate in, uh, in, Nor in Charlotte. And, what uh, we get? Oh no! They what do you, see. This is again. Why, this is why I, I envy you. We, it starts tomorrow. We got uh, another indoor mask mandate starting tomorrow here in Charlotte. Uh, yeah, good. Not, not thrilled about it. I don't think anybody's thrilled about it. No, you. No, of course not. But I mean, we can do there, things there, about there it. Are, there, there are some. Can I say this? There are some people that absolutely love wearing masks to the point that they're out here screaming that we should wear them all the time. I'm like, listen, that that's you. You got to back off that. <laughs> I, I can handle a I lot know, of things. Right? I'm pissed. About, I'm not happy about this. I'm not, I'm not lot, either. A lot of us did what was asked of us, and we got the vaccine. And, you know, this is not sitting well with a lot of people. But those people out there that want to wear masks all the time. I saw, I saw some girl today like, you know what this is teaching us? That Americans should wear uh, masks every year during flu season. I'm like, lady, I'm not in the mood for that conversation. Yeah, man. Who wants that? I got a pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. You know, it's like, dude. <laughs> Some of us need to show these these great features while we got them. I know, man. You know, look, I know. Now, the one thing I am uh, just a little bit concerned with, and, I, and we don't have to talk about all this stuff either, is I want to just make sure we're smart about our kids, too, because kids are getting more sick with this next variant. And for me, that's that's a worrisome thing. Um, so no matter how if you we feel always, about yeah, it. Yeah, no matter I, how you I, feel. Imagine, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. And my, my daughter, but she's I know you excited see this to too. wear a mask. I know you see this, too. Uh, imagine being a grown person that acts the way some of these people parents and other people are acting at these school board yeah, meetings, right, like these right, school right. board meetings across the country you've seen the news clips I, I mean school board meetings all across america like I'm glad turning I'm violent people screaming like the doctor at one in tennessee the other day got followed by a mob out to his car they were threatening to find him and everything else like who are these people man like, I, I don't understand this um, I really, you know what the, i'm just i do people, people do are we're people are at points now where they just want to find somebody to blame Oh, yeah. anything, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And instead of and look, I, I almost wrote this on Instagram today too, Kyle. Maybe I'll go back and write it tomorrow. Okay. And um and I'm just why are we always talking about they, right? Everybody's always talking about well, they said this and but I'm like, instead of talking about I or me, like control what you can control. That person in the mirror is very important. All right. I think we should all talk about that too. And so it's even with my kids, Kyle. Every time I ask them, all right, so they moving stuff around and I'm trying to work out in my garage and they got stuff in the way. I'm like, so you just asked to get this down. You don't even put it up. You're just trying to get something else down. And then the, when I ask them, what were you going to do with that? The first thing they got to say is somebody else's name. <laughs> I'm like, that's the first word come out of their mouth. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You got it. Like. Why the first thing that come out your mouth is somebody else's name? You who got it? Who asked him for another bike? Who? You. So why don't what you? What, and I was like, no, no, stop saying their name. That's not it. I'm not allowing that in my house no more, Kyle. I had to. I'm breaking the chain. That's amazing. Of some of these things. That's hilarious. Because I see it all over the place, and I'm like, it ain't happening. Not here. Nope. Not gonna do it. So, and I see a lot of that of where we are. Even my friends, like I got one of my friends that just fired up 
about everything going on the last 48 hours that we're not going to talk about and just like blame game, blame game, blame game. I'm like, look, man, we've been in a war for 20 years, bro. It's a long yeah. time. This is not just overnight special. Anyways, we're not going to talk about that. But back to my kids, which I'm like, you're not going to stop blaming everybody else. Like, it's about you because you can control that and I. And that's another thing, Kyle, that I was going to get in, even myself, is lately I got to work on controlling my emotions. Like, emotionally, Kyle, I run hot, cold, and, like, way in between, right? I'm happy. I'm not as happy. But I'm not a sad person at all. I'm just because I can control that, though. No, I get That's that. That's ego a lot of times. No, like, I get that. I get that. Because you're like, oh, I'm not getting the love or I'm not, you know, it's me, right? That's ego sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. And that's just really what I'm just trying to grow into, just kind of remain humble in my own, you know? Well, I think the, the, to follow that path of logic, I think it goes back to understanding what you don't know and, you know, knowing that what you don't understand isn't necessarily something that you always need to be speaking about in public. And that applies to me and everybody else. And what I'm getting at here is like, I understand, <clears throat> excuse me, that, uh, you know, some doctors have been wrong in the past and some public health officials have been wrong in the past, but like overwhelmingly that body of people knows what they're talking about. You know, overwhelmingly that body of people that work in the healthcare industry, doctors and researchers and, you know, nurse practitioners and every, they know what they're doing. Not I mean, for the most part, overwhelmingly, they understand what's happening. So the outright refusal by a lot of people to listen to what they have to say and or seek out the and, and Ron Rivera went off about this the other day. He went um, off again. He went. It's oh, like, it's like you didn't see what Ron said. Okay, he's, he's, like, he's been like three or four times already. Right. <laughs> he's getting hotter and hotter. Absolutely. But like <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a problem. It's and that's what makes these conversations frustrating. And it's why increasingly, I avoid a lot of them in a way that I yeah. didn't used to. Right. And right. like I'll have them with you. I'll have them with my friends. And occasionally I'll have them. You know, maybe on the air if it's pertinent to what we're talking about. If I have right, to. Right. Right. But it's so exhausting to talk I'm, to. I'm with you, Kyle. I, it, it's not, I, I avoid them far more than I used to. And yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. still dig in on something that I really believe and something that I think is right. But most of this stuff, you, you know, fortunately, I think now the way that people are more and more savvy, especially with online communication, you get a decent idea up front whether or not it's worth your time. And right. if you're smart, you, do, you can bail out of it. You know, and and I, that's what I do anymore. I'm not fighting with people online. I got a wife and a kid and a mortgage and a job and and things that I want to accomplish, and I cannot understand how people spend all damn day on the internet angrily tweeting and posting and fighting in the comments. And, like, it is bad for your mental health to do that stuff. And so I have my beliefs about the vaccine. I have my beliefs about, you know, COVID and why these things are happening and who's in the right more so than who's in the wrong. But I'm not arguing with Uncle Paul on Facebook anymore. Like, I'm not <laughs> arguing with some anonymous asshole with an egg, with an egg avatar on Twitter anymore. Fuck you, I'm done. Like, I, I, I don't have the mental bandwidth to do that shit anymore, man. I don't know Nor how anybody you, does. I, it's got to be, like, imagine how bad the, men, the collective mental health is in this country from people who are constantly oh. online. Oh, man. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Man, that was an abrupt end to that, but I'm glad you said that. It, it's, uh, Sorry, I saw a play. No, no, no. I'm glad you did because it's just, it's frustrating. You know, it's, it's bled into to football, into sports. You know, it's college football. Who's going to get it? Who's going to have the first outbreak? Who's going to have the first game forfeited or postponed? Now, the NFL is still going about well, the uh, – Yeah, the NFL is going to – hey, look, man, they are letting you know it is a business, and college is too. College is going to have the same rules, bro. They're not playing with it. You're not going to continue to mess with the, the, the church's money, which is the TV dollars. They're going to play those games oh, when they're, they're scheduled play to play them. No, I, I don't or you're going to have to forfeit, and that's that. just what it's going to be. I don't doubt and that And if, if it forfeits, they still make money off of it because of the, the publicity, the news they get off of it. Oh, for coverage. sure. No, they're going to play the games. I don't, <laughs> I don't doubt so, that. 
I didn't doubt it last year. And they got them all in last year. So, Well, I didn't doubt the NFL would play last year. I thought that college well, would college, try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought college would try. I just didn't know. But if you know, college had some issues. Well, they and, did. They did. Mean, and and, and there are going to be some issues, I think. Excuse me, going back into this season. I don't think it'll be. The NFL, I don't think the NFL is going to have really a hiccup. Um, maybe, I guess mm-hmm, it's possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I'm not saying that they won't have any issues at all. I think they'll handle those issues in such a way that the season just keeps on rolling. I don't know if college has a similar problem, if they can quite be that easy about it. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So, since this game is on, the Panthers and the Colts played on Sunday because you and I are watching the replay right now. Yes. I, I get that fans are fans, and I think people have been pent up for a friggin' year and a half now, and, you know, they have barely had much to look forward to, and so people are taking out their pent-up frustrations in stadiums and on their sports teams. But, like, I had people on the, the air yesterday doing my show just bitching about Matt Rule not playing Sam Darnold in the starters yesterday and, you know, preseason football overreactions, you know, like, oh, same old struggles in the second half in the red zone. But it's like, dude, that was like third stringers. That was Will Greer and a bunch of dudes that you're not going to see this upcoming season. So, like, I don't know. I, I just think it's – maybe it's being a fan. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to watch people overreact to preseason football. They do, and that's because that's the latest thing. Um, well, yeah, but – I mean, Dang, I'm looking at my man Kevin JB. They mighty busy this game. Those are the two trainers. Oh, yeah, um, I know. Anyways. Was that um, Pride? Who was that? I'm uh, watching. That was hard. I, I kind of – look, the fans are just anxious to see Sam Darnold in real live action because they – the last piece that you've seen of him has not been great. And I know things are yeah. – from what I'm hearing in practice, seems to be going well in practice. Like, they like what they got. And it, as long as the coach is happy, you give yourself a chance, right? So, um, we're going to see. Uh, I know they got some weapons around them. But, look, Kyle, I, I like what Carolina has weapon-wise and everything else. I think they got ability. But, you know, I just know injuries occur. So, how healthy do they stay? Can they protect the quarterback? Because if you can't <laughs> protect the quarterback, you, you're going to have some issues. And defensively, I still have to see stuff that I love defensively with, like, play calling and execution. No, I get that. I do. I get that. I just think it's – they played the twos. For most yeah, of the first half. That, I think that's what everybody's complaining about. I don't know. They just – fans, but, but fans like you, complain about anything. Kyle. I know, we but like you just, and I talked about, and you've been through these, like Thursday and Friday they had two really physical practices with the Colts. Right, right. Friday they were fighting simultaneously on both practice fields. Um, and then been uh, there. And, and according to uh, the, the head coaches and to Steve Smith, they got 50 to 60 reps, ones versus ones. And that's a whole game yes. you know, of reps, ones versus ones. So like, Seems like it, it should make sense why the ones didn't play on Sunday, right? It, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I like – I think you learn so much more in practice, man, getting those real live reps against really good other players because the, deep, the offense is something new that you don't always see. And then not only that, but now you, you know, you're able to correct mistakes. I loved making a mistake in practice because I knew I could and couldn't get away with it. You know the game. who had a really good speech about that last week? And I mean, it's a surprising source to me. Zach Wilson, uh, the rookie with the Jets. Yeah. He was asked about that. And he was like, he gave a pretty eloquent response to the reporter. And he was like, this is where I go out and figure out things I can and can't do. He's like, I'm going to try a throw and, and practice here to see if right. I can get away with it. And yes. if, you know, if it gets picked off in the end zone, I know I'm not going to try that or I shouldn't try that during the game. He said, this is where we have to, you know, and it was a really, you know, kind of eloquent response to all of it, especially for a rookie. Hey, and man, it, I didn't learn that till like you're like five six seven you know what I mean I was always trying to be perfect in practice like that's what I'm thinking but but I totally get where the fans are coming from because I want to see Sam Darnold I want to see what he looks like you know I want to see if if Cam Irving is 
a left tackle that they can actually start the season with. I mean, this is – I get it. The two biggest – this roster's a lot better today than it was at the end of last season. Like, they've – it's too early to know how good this rookie draft class is. But I think they took a lot of good players, and they got a lot of praise for what they did. So we'll find out. But, like, last year turned out it looks like to be a good draft class. This looks like it could be a pretty good draft class. That's how you get better as an organization. That's what the you, Saints did. You, st- you stack together multiple draft class. You got to yeah, hit not just in your first rounds. That was Carolina's problems in right. the past. It was. They was just hit first rounds, and then the rest of them would be questionable with success rates. These younger kids are playing, and you got to hit. I love the kid Shy Smith. I really liked him out of college, too. So um, I think he's going to be an impactful player because, look, as long if you can catch the ball, you can help the team. All right, you'll find this funny. So if, if Smitty ever hears this, he'll probably get pissed at me and cuss me out. But it was hilarious. On Friday, uh, he was, he, there were, uh, Smitty was at joint practice on Friday, and they were taking pictures and videos. He was working individually with Shy Smith on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Right? He's taking a liking to Shy, which makes all the sense in the world. And, uh, you know, people are making a big deal out of it. Fans were loving it. Smitty's working with the wide receiver. When all the fights break out, the one tweet that, like, got sent out by everybody was Shy Smith just came off the sideline, threw a big right hand and clocked somebody. And, I, you know, I just was observing it, and I looked down, and immediately one of my listeners texted in. They go, hmm, Steve Smith was working with him five minutes ago, and he just clocked somebody. You think that's a coincidence? And that was funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, that look, was man, funny as hell. Smitty has a past. That's all I He's can say. He's a tough dude, man. We, yes. I, that wasn't shade, man. You and I both know that guy's a tough dude. Hey, man, he is. And he, he talks the talks and walks the walk. That's what I appreciate about him uh, when I got to compete against him and as a human being, as I've got to know him as a man. So You and I were talking about Rondell Moore earlier in the show, and uh, they were talking during the, uh, the pregame segment of that game when they were focusing, spotlighting uh, Rondell Moore, that he was getting a lot of Smitty comparisons. And he's tough. He's, t- he's strong he's, as a bull. He's a lot. He's smaller than Smitty, though, which is kind of right. scary because that's really, really small. Right. And I don't know if you're going to be as – and I'm not going to say he can't be, but it's really – I think it – but the game's change. You can dominate. They don't even – offensive nowadays, they sometimes – they want their best receiver to be able to play the slot. Right. And that's not that's, – that, So the game has changed. Everybody thinks you need this one, this big guy outside. Uh, No. That's like old school thinking. A lot of these – organization stuff now really understand and offenses are using the slot receivers so much more so organizations are putting more emphasis on getting those type of players right exactly and uh you know so the game you're right the game's changed but uh no this is so going back to the panthers i mean this the, the roster is unquestionably better but their two biggest question marks are the two biggest possible question marks on the offense quarterback and left tackle i gotta see the coaches coach better too well for sure i think everybody's got their hand in it um, and are they willing to, to change in the right things to get better and not just keep running their own system that says, you know, this is our system? What is their system? Like, what is, and I'm asking you this in earnest because we saw one year of Teddy Bridgewater without Christian McCaffrey for the majority of the season with no tight end options whatsoever. They were the second worst tight end room in the league. <laughs> and so now they've got a brand new quarterback, a healthy McCaffrey. And they've added to the wide receiver room. So they are, again, more talented offensively than they were last year. I still don't know what their offense is. Do we know? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to look a lot like what New Orleans was or is. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. So I, I would like, say I'm that, really especially excited. in the past game. I'm really excited. But I think, they can, I think they're going to have the ability to be able to tack downfield because they got – Big time speed on both sides. DJ Moore is not a slow receiver. He's a no, fast no, no, receiver. no. I mean, him and Robbie and Anderson. Robbie Anderson is a very, that, very fast. That's receiver. that's a tough. That's a tough tandem of wide receivers to cover. So I mean, it is. It is. And Terrace Marshall Jr. is a beast. I, I loved him coming out of college. He is a he beast. He ran a four three, and then you know Dan Arnold is no slouch. He can run. I, I'm mean, excited for him. 
I, I really think he's am. a talented uh, receiver. You know, um, he had basically the same numbers last year, and I didn't know this. You know, he was at New Orleans. I, I met him like when he was like first, when he's like rookie, like practice squad guy in really? New Orleans. Yeah, how about that? No. Yeah, like in practice, I went against the guy. He had the same old. numbers last year as Austin Hooper. I mean, they had basically the same numbers. Yeah, but Cleveland does not throw the ball. Okay. I, I get that. <laughs> I understand that. I'm just saying for a guy who kind of came out of nowhere that nobody thought was going to amount to much. I mean, he's – I saw him then. I think he's athletic. I think he exactly is who he is. But he's been flashing. Like, he's had a good training camp. He's so, in Arizona where they throw the ball a lot in the exactly. spread system. So, what, it all, what are you asking him to do? You know, are we not asking him to block or do any of those things? You don't so. need him to be Travis Kelsey. Well, no, I, that's catching. Travis Kelsey's good because everybody sees him catch the ball, but Travis Kelsey blocks. He can block, right? But that's right. what I'm saying. You don't need him to be that. But and drafting Tommy Trimble there helps a lot. There we Tommy, go. Tommy Trimble. There we go. That's, that's actually, the glue. That's what he does really that's well. That's the glue. He's got good hands. He had a great touchdown catch in this game. But that kid wants to block. Like that's why they drafted him because he is. Well, a, he knows who he is. Right. He right. knows who he is. But he's really athletic too. Ben Watson told me something so good. I love Ben. What's that? Um, he said, "Look, man, all these tight ends can block Roman. Tight, blocking is a lot about." Focus and effort. He's like, and when you're young and you're catching balls and you know, all that, he's like, bro, you don't have to block. He's like, when I was, because it was him and Jimmy Graham, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and Jimmy ain't blocking, bro. Jimmy like boxing people out. Like, he ain't trying to block for real. Right? And I was like, I was like, Ben, why Jimmy don't? He's like, man, look, when I was young and like doing all that and I was like catching balls when I was early in Cleveland, I didn't block either. He's like, I didn't like, like, man, I'm catching. Like, I don't care about that. <laughs> and he said, now that I'm older, like, shoot, man, I got to block. You know, I got to, like, <laughs> hold on. You know, because that's what you do to, like, continue to be able to play. It's like, they, they have to have to fight. Look, a lot of tight ends cannot block. Right. Like, they just, right. they are a liability in the run game. If they are in, and a defensive end is licking his chops for a tight end. Like, Absolutely. I'm fixing to destroy this guy. Absolutely. So, it's it's a part of the process. So if Carolina has to have that, and you're right, Trimble is the glue. He's the secret sauce in this whole mixture of tight end room. Yeah, I don't know what Ian Thomas is, but you know they they got to figure that out. But it, dude, if they get league average production from that room this year, they were the second worst in the NFL last year. You get like league average production from the tight end, you're a heck of a lot better off. And I think if Ian can Thomas don't watch it. He's gonna be uh, Tim Tebow. He's gonna get cut. Well, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, but yeah, so I, I think this team's interesting. I don't know. Did you see Colin Cowherd. The other day, Colin Cowherd had the Panthers going 12 and 5. Hey, man. 12 and 5. And, go and, big or go home. Well, right? I, I like it. I actually, I'm pretty bullish on this team, too. I, it's, well, bullish might be strong. I, I think that Well, it could uh, happen, especially if New Orleans all of a sudden shits the bed. I, I think that the 8 and 9, 9 and 8 is. If to, New Orleans shits the bed, if Atlanta and Matt Ryan don't even come to the party, you know, like things like that could happen. Sure. No, I mean, look, if they, get to, if they go 9 and 8 this year, that's progress. You know, a nine and eight, it might be good enough to get you into the playoffs with an extra wild card spot. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could be good enough to get you there. So I don't. I, I I think this team is going to be better. They're faster defensively. I don't know if they're going to get anything out of Denzel Perriman. I don't know if he's going to play at all. I don't That's know what we, I'm saying. Yeah, I, don't know if we like, ever see him on I was going to ask about the linebackers too. I'm like, well, who's going to play? Linebackers? But I mean, you got you got Hassan Reddick, you got Shaq Thompson, uh, Jermaine Carter Jr. had a pretty good year last year, all things considered, and uh, this Josh Bynes pickup. A lot of people like it. I mean, he's more of a run support guy, but uh, he had like 100 tackles last year in Cincinnati. And that was not a great defense, but a lot of the youngsters that uh, you know were on that group last year credited him with their growth and development as players. So he Is played the guy that Lamar Jackson broke off. Uh, well, he just he played in Baltimore. Although I think he no, I he thought you said I thought you said Cincinnati. He did. That's where he was recently. Smitty played with him briefly in Baltimore. Okay. 
And so Smitty, I think, gave he said he thought it was a good pickup. But he's, he's more of a run guy. I don't think he's great Look, in coverage. they need help. I think they need the more depth, the better. For sure. There's no doubt. But, I mean, I think they're good up – I think they're going to be pretty good up front. I mean, Derek Brown, Daquan Jones, Brian Burns. Yeah, man. Keep taking those matos. steps, man. I, look, I'm not I, – I like – I just want to make sure everybody's getting better. I'm not – I'm not – I'm, like, very in the middle. I'm in the point of Carolina. I want to just see more. I ain't For sure. I, I, ain't, I ain't putting no money on the table yet. No, it makes sense. So you went down – so speaking of, of this division, you went down to Saints camp the other day. How was that? I did. It was hot. Yeah. It was really hot. I believe it. And um, but the team, I mean, they threw the ball around. They did. I mean, they competed. But I was like signing autographs, so I didn't get to like watch watch. Yeah, you were in a tent. Yeah. Who were you signing tent. with, by the way? Uh, my boy Jari Evans. Who yeah, also yeah. Okay. Got like, he was cut off the in picture. I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. Jaws, man, he's the best, bro. He's so you didn't get to even see much game. football when you were down there. No, I didn't. I did not. But you know, I I want to watch the replay of their game. Um, they had six turnovers, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, every quarterback threw an interception. Um, I heard, I heard Jameis's was not all the way his fault. Uh, Taysom had one that wasn't on him. I know. Yeah, that. right, right. Like it was receiver like receiver stopped his route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't think anybody really found out anything, and nobody really separated. I didn't watch the whole I, game, I, but and I saw look, the highlights. That's why they play the game, though. I think Sean. Look, Sean is reminds me of like Nick Saban type. That I would trust Sean his decision making. He knows the pulse of that team and what he needs to do uh, to get them going, and all that other stuff. I, he'll figure out the quarterback situation. When, you know, they play games. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. It's, it's Sean Payton. I don't Payton. know, but that's what I'm saying. That's how Carolina could get more wins because well, I don't know about New Orleans. And, like, I, I've, I've had some salty Saints fans better, jumping on you know? me. So, I know. I've had some salty Saints fans jumping on me here in Charlotte, the few that are, that are here, more than you think, um, you know, jump on me about this. But I'm like, listen, I'm not talking you, – you've been getting the better of the Panthers for the last couple of years. I'm not hating. I'm not throwing shade. I'm saying <laughs> Drew Brees is gone. You know, Patrick Robinson just retired. Your kicker's hurt. Uh, you know, it keeps going here. It's been like a bunch of bad news lately. Like, you might not be as good this year. Yeah, well, they're also – Daniel Onyemata, their uh, defensive tackle, he's going to miss the, what, first four games, six games. Uh, we don't even – I don't even know if they – we know anything about Marshawn Lattimore. Right. Uh, so, um, you it's, know, so everything will kind of – Yeah, everything's going to – Michael Thomas is out. Um, so – that did, relationship is mending. I was going to say, that's what I read the other day. Look, Mike never asked to be traded or anything like that. I love Michael Thomas as a as a person, as a human being. But Mike is a dog, bro. Like, he – and he just – I just think this way. As organizations, as you, old, as you get older and age in this league, organizations look at you for certain aspects and qualities, especially when they give you that bag, all right? They want you to be – more mature, and also be a leader. Like, because younger kids are looking up to you now. Yeah. So that comes with responsibility. That's what they want from you. Like, we want to pay you this money. We also want you to be a leader for us. Like, because once we start paying you, we expect, like, the younger people are going to look up to you. And, like, that's what they want to do, and that's what they want to achieve. So you have to learn how to also not only be get yours, but also lead as well. I, I think that's the give and take. And that's not just a Michael Thomas thing. That's just – a league thing with these organizations. Now that I'm on the other side of it, that is what they're looking for, and that is what they're talking about. Well, and on top of that, you know, now he's on the IR, and so he's going to miss at least the first handful of games. So that just adds to the issues they already have. You know, yeah. so, so, I mean, by the time they get him back, what kind of hole are they going to be in? It's yeah, hard man. to say. They got like, a really good running back. I, I they got actually, a really good offensive line. They got to come here week two. I'm excited to see that game. I am too. I, I, mean, this, I think I'm I, go. I'm, I actually have a little bit of confidence. Are they making any rules where you, like – 
to go to games here? Oh, it's funny you say that. I was just thinking about <laughs> it. So it was, uh, yeah, the, the mask man. Because the Raiders is, just uh, came out with theirs. The Saints, New Orleans has theirs. Yep. And uh, the Falcons just became, I think, the first team to be 100% vaccinated. I think that was announced this morning. So, I mean, yes, uh, they have the, the mask mandate, indoor mask mandate going into effect here in Charlotte tomorrow. And I said yesterday when I saw the news come out, I was like, oh, wait a minute. So, you know, however many tens of thousands of people being together in the stadium is not an issue. No masks were going to be required there. But, you know, you go into Lowe's and you walk into the garden section, you know, that's a problem. So today, about 24 hours later, they just announced a couple of hours ago that, uh, yeah, you're going to have to wear, or wear a mask in the concourse, in the suites, three, 400 level, and one or two other things like that. Out, if you're sitting outdoors in the stadium, you don't have to wear it. But if you come indoors, they've, uh, they've changed the rules on that. So we're back to this. And Interesting. Yeah. The, 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 that's another thing. I didn't get into the Raiders thing today on the air. <laughs> I didn't have the energy for that bullshit today. I didn't have – I hate to admit this – I didn't have the energy for that bullshit today because I get these people that want to argue on the text line throughout the whole show, sending me articles. I mean, just all it's, they it's send you articles. Oh, my God. It's exhausting. Some guy wanted to, to debate me about the Great Reset on the damn te text line the other day the great and reset. the Bolshevik Revolution. And look at Chase. I mean, it's just off. exhausting. So, no, but like this the vaccine thing. I mean, remember when Brandon Bean said several months ago that he might consider cutting a player who wasn't vaccinated if it meant uh, it was a competitive advantage? Remember that? And yes. we all kind of wondered then, like, oh, is this going to be a thing when the season rolls? Yeah, it might be a little bit of a thing. You know, They're not even bringing a free – like, if somebody gets hurt, they need to look at a free agent. They're going to be like, are you vaccinated? Well, it's and he part of the no, reason that people increasingly here think that Denzel Perriman might not play a snap here. Because on top of having injury issues already, you know, he's, he came out and said that he's not going to be vaccinated. Does he, well, He'll abide by the protocols. That's you know, his – I mean, yeah. That's his decision. That's his right. That's fine. But if you can find a player of equal value to Denzel Perriman – and that's not something you have to concern yourself about. You, you know what you're probably going to do as an organization, right? I yes. mean, that's just how that's going to go. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to make whatever's the they're best decision the best for them. Business decision <laughs> yeah, for, for the organization, right? Yeah. So that's my only they point. Look out for and it's also, you know, a lot of these stadiums, and I don't think they're going to do this in Houston. You know, I don't think they're going to do this, you know, in Miami yeah. necessarily. They might. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, increasingly now more stadiums are saying, do you want to come into our joint? you got to be vaccinated. And a well, lot of people don't that, like that. Or they, they said you have to have a negative COVID test within the or last that, 72 right. hours. Yeah, negative COVID test. you got to have proof of that. Proof of that, right. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just it's it, the whole thing sucks because it'll lead to ugly scenes outside of stadiums. Jackasses wow. are already fighting inside just of stadiums. Like, look, man. It's their people business. have already it's proven to you they can't act like adults in stadiums. <laughs> you know you're this. Right. You're right. Did you see you're the right. fight at the Chargers game? I did. And you know what, man? Somebody should have just broke that up. Instead of talk, breaking out phones, somebody said, look, man, cool heads need to prevail here. Did they you took see? way too long to pop it off. They weren't even mad at each other like that. Did you it, see like, how it started? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, well, I did this morning. I wasn't aware of it. I saw the fight, the video, two days ago. What happened is what you can't see is about two or three rows down on the other side of all those dudes standing up is a little woman who looks like she's in about her 40s, maybe 50s, who grabs a drink and lobs it over the top of these dudes, hits that guy, and that's what started the fight oh. when she lobbed that drink over the top of them. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. But it was also coincidental for me because on Saturday I had just watched the uh, Malice in the Palace documentary on Netflix. Have you seen this? No. You need to check this out. It's an hour-long documentary on the Malice in the Palace. Ron Artest, Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, they all give interviews. They all give – I mean, that, they're the focus of the entire thing. Well, duh. And, but I'm saying, like, they give full-length interviews. They basically narrate the whole thing. It's really good. 
And it's funny in that, not to spoil it. I but love, I love. It's Meta. the ugliest scene Me- in Meta NBA World Peace is, I mean, he's a great dude. Yeah, I know. I call him Ron because that's what they did in there. But I mean, like that's, it's, it's funny because the NBA came down so hard on those guys for that fight, right? <laughs> Suspended uh, Meta World Peace for the entire season. Jermaine O'Neal got 30 games. Steven Jackson got 25 games. I and, forgot that. Right. And they, the NBA enacted a dress code. Right. The whole all the media was calling the NBA, you know, a bunch of thugs and all this other stuff. David Stern, the league came down on the players because they didn't want to deal with the backlash of shifting blame onto the fans. I mean, it was some dipshit who threw the (laughs) cup at Ron Artest that started the whole thing. Like Ron shouldn't have gone to stands. Don't get me wrong. Right. But the fans were horrible. And my biggest my funniest thing is like, bro, Steven, Steven Jack. And, and fucking Jermaine O'Deal caught the couple cats, bro. Oh, dude, absolutely. <laughs> like, and and I, I've been saying this for years. And I but, was, that, for, but as a player, though, as an athlete, I was like, bro, finally. Because I'm tired of these cats that be over here woofing like they could do something. I know. Or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, come on out here. Oh, and you're out here now. Now you can't go nowhere. My wife had never seen it. And so she watched it with really? me. And so it's going through the fight. And I shit you not, when I see what it's about to happen, I said, watch this. <laughs> And Jermaine O'Neal comes flying in to clock the dude, but he slips. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And before they could even say anything, I looked at her and I was like, him slipping probably kept him out of prison yeah, yeah, for the yeah, rest yeah, of yeah. his life. He would have killed that he dude. He would have killed that dude. And they actually him. say that seconds later in the documentary. <laughs> They're like, he's lucky he slipped. It's oh, the greatest thing that could have ever happened to him. No because doubt. He probably would have killed the guy. He, he would have definitely destroyed his jaw and everything. And, and he so was bringing it. What's crazy about the whole thing is that, like, the DA up there in Detroit, after the fact, you know, has to go on the judicial side of it. Yeah. Like, the NBA did its thing, but, you know, that's illegal thing now yeah. and so the da went through all of its investigation they were like yeah this is really kind of on the fans like the dipshit who threw the cup started it uh this haddad guy who ran charlie haddad who ran down there and nearly got killed by jermaine o'neill yeah i mean he he shouldn't have been there and both ron and jermaine o'neill had and the right where, to, where were the security at right there were three <laughs> cops in the whole arena three <laughs> roman three in the whole arena like Where Re- the cops at? Reggie <laughs> Miller's down there in a suit trying to get these dudes off the floor, and like he's screaming at a cop because the cop's about to mace him down. The- it's insane what happened down on the floor, dude. Well, I guess no, we never really look at it from that angle. No, but like the whole thing is that like the, so the DA I'm looked at, look at it and was like Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest were completely in their right to do what they did to defend themselves. Yeah. And that's what the DA concluded. But the, but the NBA, NBA changed a lot of rules after that, too, about right, fans. But the NBA crushed those players. They did. I didn't even and that I was a Pacers that. team that probably would have won the NBA championship. They were loaded. Reggie Miller, Steven Jackson, Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal was a stud at that point. Like, they had the best interior, def- the best big defensive player in the, in the, uh, the league and the best uh, perimeter defender in the league in, in Ron Artest. They had Reggie Miller. They had Steven Jackson. Like, they were loaded. And all of a sudden, the team was blown up. And yeah. Reggie, Reggie's last best chance to win a championship just went up in smoke. It was crazy. I forgot Reggie Miller was on that team at yeah. the end. And he was Dang. actually hurt at the time. And so he was on the bench that night oh. in, a, in a suit. They were they were really good, too. They were loaded. They were really good, man. And they they just, were like a young young and up and like they, Reggie they had was. They just lost to the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before. And the yeah. Pistons went on to beat the Lakers yep. in the NBA Finals. And so... I think that Pistons series went seven, I believe, maybe six, six or seven, but I think mm-hmm. it was seven. And the Pistons were probably the better team, but they pissed the game away. And, you know, Reggie talks about how they weren't they, – Detroit was mentally tougher and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, no, it's, the documentary is fantastic. I might watch that tonight. NBA, I, I will say this. Baseball is my favorite sport. Love college football. You know, NFL, obviously. 
But documentaries, the NBA does the best documentaries. Dude, no, no, no. The NBA does drama like nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> like nobody else. The NBA does drama like nobody else. That is what the NBA is. The NBA sells players and drama better than it is. Not even close. That, that is what I love. To me, that's what I love about the NBA. That the dream players team. and the drama. You know the Dream Team documentary from a couple of years ago? Uh-huh. Still the, the best NBA documentary I've seen in my life. That, that footage of the practices and of, you know, some of those guys walking around Barcelona. Just and being superstars. But, fantastic. you know, my boy Tim that was on our uh, – Tim Lewis that was on Last our – so. Yeah, he talked about how Barcelona changed the Olympic whole outlook. Like, because those were superstars. Like, yeah. they, like they were not used to – you know, the Olympics, nobody traveled to the Olympics like that. But when everybody from the whole world came to see that dream team yeah. at that time, and Barcelona was not able to handle that, but they were like, you know, from here on out, we will be prepared. Yeah. Everywhere we go from here on, the Olympics. Well, the funniest thing was, like, and just like, the, exactly, but like the behind the scenes stuff that you got to see yeah. was fantastic. Like, and even the, the small stuff, like, you know, Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan couldn't walk around Barcelona without being recognized. But John Stockton could walk around by himself and he just looked like a little European guy walking around and nobody bothered him. And he'd be, he could walk around with a camcorder on his shoulder and nobody messed with the guy. Like, it's just, it's a great documentary with all sorts of cool stuff. But, uh, dude, I look down. We, we got to run. This is, uh, these things fly by. This is fun. Man, another one, man. 38 was a good one. And Anthony Madison, my boy. We got to get this out. 39's got to be a better number. <laughs> it's got to be a better number. All right, we'll talk to you for uh, for 39. We'll see what we already got next. I already know one. I already know a 39. That's pretty good. Who? So you're good. Yes, I am. Right now? Yeah. Steven Jackson. Right oh, 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 oh. All right, so I got, some, I got some work to do. All right, we'll talk to you next time. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.